Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here this morning. Merry Christmas. Fantastic. I was just transported back, um, watching the drama that we, we've just had on the, uh, on the, the uh, stage here. I've been transported back in time to December 1961. And I was, I was five years old, and I was really excited because I was in infant school, and it was the school nativity. Anybody ever performed in a school nativity play? Yeah. And the reason why I was particularly excited was because I had been chosen to play the part of Joseph. And even better, my girlfriend, Dawn, she was playing the part of Mary. Now, my mom always told me, Gary, she's not your girlfriend. She's a girl who's a friend. She was my girlfriend. And uh, two of my other friends, they were playing the donkey, front half and back half. And my very best friend, Jeff, he was playing the innkeeper. Now, we had been practicing for this nativity since, um, since August, you know. And uh, the part in the play came when I had to walk across the stage to the inn. So there we are, there's me, there's, there's Dawn, you know, Mary, and, and the donkey. And we walked across five years of age and we walked across the stage. And I knocked on Jeff's, the innkeeper's door. And Jeff opened the door, so I started on my lines. And I said to him, I said, hello, my name is Joseph, this is my wife, Mary, and she is having a baby. Have you any room in your inn, please? And Jeff, the innkeeper, he just looked at me blank. So uh, I thought to myself, he hasn't heard me. I'll, I'll do it again, just a bit louder. <laughs> Hello! My name is Joseph. This is my wife, Mary, and she's having a baby. Have you any room in your inn, please? And once again, Jeffy just stood there looking at me. Didn't say a word. So uh, now I'm getting really nervous at this point, and Mary was nervous, uh, nervous, and uh, the, the donkey was really nervous as well, you know. So I thought I'll give it one more go. I'll do what British people do when they're not understood really loud, really slow. Hello! My name is Joseph. This is my wife. Mary, and she is having a baby. Have you got any room in your inn, please? And for the third time, Jeff the innkeeper just looked at me, gone out, you know. And it suddenly dawned on me what was happening. You know, he'd forgotten his lines. He'd forgotten his words, you know. So I whispered to him, I said, Jeff, Jeff, just make it up, just make it up. And he went, yeah, there's loads of room, come in. <laughs> so, um, do you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's really easy, isn't it, to misunderstand uh, what Christmas is really all about. And it's been brilliant this morning 
just to be reminded so clearly as, as somebody has said about the reason for the season. See, uh, for many people, and for you and me as well, Christmas is about all sorts of things. It's about seeing family and friends. Anybody traveling later today or tomorrow? A few of us, I'm off up to Derby straight after this morning's service uh, to see my kids and my grandkids. It's about friends and family. It's about presents. Yeah? It's about having great food. How many of you know that for the last few weeks there have been 10 million very nervous turkeys in the United Kingdom? <laughs> Most of them are not nervous anymore because they're dead. Something like 25 million Christmas puddings will be eaten across the United Kingdom in the next few days. Astonishing. It's about all of those. It's about Santa! No, you don't understand. It's about Santa! Anybody seen Elf again? What a great film that is. It's about all of those things. But it's easy, it's so easy to miss the blindingly obvious, isn't it? So 2,000 years ago, as we've been celebrating all morning, 2,000 years ago in the back of beyond of the then known world in a, in a little town called... Correct? that was lying very deep and still above a dreamless sleep in a smelly little old stable in the most bizarre set of circumstances that we saw acted out just about here a few minutes ago a little baby boy has been born and not many people at that time knew about it and even fewer cared about what was happening on that first Christmas morning but one of the followers of Jesus wrote in the New Testament these words. He said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman. When that very special moment came in world history, at just the right time, another version of the Bible puts it, God sent his son to this world. God, in the words of, a, of a, an old hymn, God contracted to a span incomprehensibly made man. The most astonishing thing, but so few people knew at that time. Ladies and gentlemen, one billion minutes have passed by since Jesus was born. And yet today, on this day, more than two billion people from all across the world self-identify as his followers. So as we, uh, as we begin to wrap up our time together this morning, let me spend a few moments and un unwrap for you and for me the meaning of Christmas. And today, this very morning, for you, there's an opportunity, especially if you've never taken the opportunity before, there's an opportunity to make two amazing discoveries. And if you're open for that, if you're ready for that, God, in the incredible way that only He can, wants to break into your situation, break into your circumstances, and help you to discover some amazing things this morning. The first is this. There's an opportunity for you this morning to discover God Himself and experience Him in your own life. So um, I'm just remembering right now a time 38 years ago when my eldest son was born. And he was born 
by emergency cesarean sections. So my wife was still in the operating theatre, and when he was born, they brought him to me. His name was Ben. His, his name still is Ben, actually. <laughs> and um, so they brought him to me in the, in the hospital, you know, wrapped in a white cloth, and we're just in this small room, Ben and me, and I'm holding him in my arms, and I'm telling, them, telling him all the important things he needs to know about the best food in the world being Indian curry, and, you know, if you're going to support a team, make it West Brom. Or, or maybe Derby County these days, but there we go. And, uh, and I'm telling them all these things. And a nurse walked into this little room. And the nurse had been in the operating theatre when he was born. And uh, she, she was really excited. Ben was about 20 minutes of age. And she looks at this little scrap of humanity in my arms. And the nurse began to speak to him. Hello, Ben. Look at you, aren't you incredible? You're just like your daddy, she said. Now, let me describe Ben to you when he was 20 minutes old. His face was like this. Look at me. He was 20 minutes old. And he hadn't got any teeth in his mouth. And he was totally bald. Well, okay, one out of three. Now, I can see that most of you are looking past me so a photograph has come up on the screen just a little bit too early. Because what you can see behind me now is Ben, aged 38, with his wife, Mary Lou. See? See, the nurse, when he was 20 minutes old, said to you, just like your dad, I felt like punching her lights out. <laughs> but if Ben, if he was here today, he sent his apologies. He lives in Vancouver in British Columbia. He couldn't make it this morning. But if he was here this morning, you'd know who his dad is, right? Right? In fact, when I came up in this morning, I said to Nick, Pastor Nick, I said, did you get the photograph of the screen? He said, yeah, we got the photograph of you and the, uh, and the Filipino woman. I said, it's not me. It's my son and my daughter-in-law, see? He's just like his dad. So I get to travel all over the United Kingdom and, and abroad as well, you know, the Isle of Wight. And um, wherever I go, often people are asking me this question. They're saying to me, Gary, if God exists, if God exists, what's he like? What sort of person is he? And the simplest answer that I could ever give you is this. If you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. Because he's a chip off the old block. 30 years after Jesus was born, Jesus would say this about himself. He would say, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Again, one of his followers wrote these words in the New Testament. He said, he, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So when you look at Jesus, what do you discover? You discover he's a God who loves you, who is more committed to you than you could ever imagine. You discover when you look at Jesus that he's someone who wants to forgive you, who wants to take away the shame and the regret and the mess of the past and give you a brand new start. You discover when you look at Jesus that he is someone, God is someone who wants to fill your emptiness with his presence and his goodness and his life. That's who he is. That's who God is and Jesus shows it. That's the kind of God that he is. And I want to say to you this morning, in fact, in a few moments, I want to give you the, give you the opportunity to take a step of faith 
If you've never taken that step before, or if it's been, if it's been a long time and, and maybe you've drifted a long, long way away from this Jesus that you once followed, that you once knew, I want to give you the opportunity to discover again just how wonderful he is and the difference that he can make in your life. And the second thing is this very quickly. This morning, this Christmas, there is an opportunity to discover a whole new start in life. An opportunity to discover a whole new start in life. Have you ever seen these famous people being interviewed on the TV, on some of these chat shows? And very often, the host of the show says to the personality at the end, as you look back on your life, do you have any regrets? And the personality smiles at the host and says, no regrets. I'm watching the telly and I think, liar. <laughs> liar. Because actually, if we're honest with ourselves and honest with God, I guess for 99% of us here this morning, if not all of us, as we look back on our lives, there are things that we've done, things that we've said, uh, circumstances in life that we've got ourselves into that we regret. And if it were possible, if it were possible to, to step inside a time machine and go back in life and and do it differently, we would take that opportunity. But we live in the here and now. But I want to say to you this morning that the good news of Christmas is that God gives us the opportunity to have a whole new start. How many of you know that, um, that names, I mean your name, my name, names very often, they have a particular meaning. Did you know that? Is there anybody here this morning who knows what their name actually means, literally means. Nick, what does your name mean? Victory of the people. Woo! Anybody else? Yeah, Paula. Small. Oh, that didn't work yet, did it? <laughs> I mean this way, I'm not talking that, I'm talking this way. Um, move on, okay, fine. So anybody here this morning called Sarah or Sally or Sarah, do we have any? means, what's that mean? Princess. I know that because that's my wife's name. My name is Gary, meaning tall, dark, handsome one. But I guess that's pretty obvious to everybody. Do you remember in that story, we've had it read to us this morning, that when, when Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, he was really confused about what was going on. And he took an angel to appear to him in a dream. By the way, Christmas story, there are angels everywhere, aren't there? It's amazing. And this angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says to him, don't be afraid. This child that Mary's pregnant with was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And when he's born, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The reason for him being called Jesus is simply this. That name means simply God to the rescue. Jesus means God to the rescue. And, and you might think this morning, well, Gary, I really don't get that. I mean, a baby is born in Bethlehem. How does that rescue, how does that save me in the 21st century? Well, the fact of the matter is that that human being, that babe, in the crib on that first Christmas morning, 33 years later, was the same person who hung on a cross for you and for me. He was the same person who did that. This Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, 
was crucified outside of Jerusalem so that you and I could know what it is to have our sins forgiven, to have our past wiped clean, to have our mistakes and the accumulated rubbish in our lives all wiped away and we could start all over again. When Jesus died on the cross, he was taking the blame that you and I should have taken. He was taking the penalty, he was taking the rap for all of our wrongdoing, for all of our rebellion against God. Just a while ago, I was speaking at a university in the north of England and before I got to speak to these students, I had, uh, I had uh, tea, dinner, whatever you call that evening meal where you come from, with a bunch of students. Now listen, if you've ever had a, an evening meal with a bunch of students, you always get the same food. Jackie potato, chili con carne, doesn't matter where you go, that's what they give you. So I'm sitting there, there's a long table, and I'm sitting there, and opposite me was a young woman aged about 20, 21, and we were talking to each other, and she told me that she had only encountered God, she'd only experienced God's love and God's forgiveness and His power two weeks previously. She'd been following Jesus for just two weeks. So I said to her, well, that's, that's amazing, that's brilliant. Congratulations. I said, how does it feel? How do you feel now? And I'll never forget, she looked across the table with this big smile on her face and she said one word. She said, clean. Clean. Isn't that incredible? I feel clean. Because all of that, all of that regret of the past has been wiped away, washed away because of Jesus' death and because she put her faith in what Jesus had done for her. So here's the deal for you and me this morning. This Christmas, right now, you can discover the reality of Jesus in your life. So let me ask you, are you, are you ready this morning to experience, perhaps for the very first time, the love of God poured into your heart, His forgiveness for the past, His presence in your life. On that first Christmas morning, the very Son of God was placed in a dirty animal feeding trough. This morning, if you're ready, the Son of God can find a place right at the very center of your life. You say, but Gary, I'm not worthy. There's all sorts of things that are wrong in my life. Jesus still comes to that place to meet with you. He wants his goodness to fill your heart. He wants you to discover that brand new start in life. So I want to ask you this morning not to be like the innkeeper on that first Christmas who said to Joseph and Mary and effectively to Jesus, I'm sorry, but there's no room for you here. I'm sorry, there's too many other things going on here today. There's no room for you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me encourage you this morning to be like Jeff. Be like Jeff, the innkeeper. Do you re remember? Have you any room? Yeah, there's lots of room. Come in. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Make the difference. And I want to tell you that if you invite him into the very center of your life, if you would open your heart up to Jesus Christ this Christmas, it's something that you would never regret. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to pray, pray together a prayer. It's a prayer that comes right out of that 
Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We were singing it just uh, earlier on in our service. And here's the prayer that I want us all to pray. It's going to come up on the screen right now. It's a prayer of commitment. And I want to challenge you. Do you feel this morning, whoever you are, whatever your situation, maybe you've been coming here to Birmingham City Church for years. This could be your very first time here in this church. But do you feel this morning that you can pray this prayer with me? Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, descend to me. I pray, Lord Jesus, come to me this morning. Cast out my sin. Enter it. Lord, remove all of that dirt. Remove all of that rubbish. Remove all of that regret. Remove all of that shame. And come into my life today. Be born in me. Come to me. Abide with me. Oh Lord, Emmanuel. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand to our feet. And I want to invite all of us together to pray this prayer. Would you stand as we pray? Let's stand to our feet. Look at those words again. Would you look at those words on the screen? Because this is a serious moment for many of us here today. It's a prayer where we welcome the living Lord Jesus, the one who was born for us, the one who lived the life that we should have lived, the one who died the death that we should have died, but the one who God raised from the dead, who's alive now, who's in this place, and wants to make his home in your heart. It's a prayer to welcome him into the very center of your life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray all together, okay? Every one of us here in church, we're going to pray this prayer all together, if we can. If you don't feel like you can pray this prayer, that's fine. I want to respect you in that way. You can just simply stand where you are. But for those of us here this morning who feel that we can pray these words, we're going to pray that all together, this prayer of commitment. Are you ready for that? Are you up for that this morning? Okay. Let's pray this prayer together. Are you ready? All out loud together. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. Let's pray one more time. Let's pray it again. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin. Enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord Emmanuel. Amen. Father, this morning, as we stand in prayer in your presence, I thank you so much for the indescribable gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And as, as we have prayed these words this morning, Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you would do something fresh, you would do something new in our hearts, that we would fling open, as it were, the doors of our hearts to you and welcome you into our lives as our Lord, as our rescuer, as the one who makes all things new. So may your blessing come to us as we stand in your presence right now. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, God has done the greatest miracle in your life that you could ever, ever wish for. The miracle of a brand new start in life. Isn't that incredible? The miracle of your past being forgiven, a friendship with God here and now, and a future that's secure. So God bless you as we go into these next few days of celebrating our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing together, O Holy Night, fall on your knees. Hear the earth rejoicing. O Holy Night, let's sing together.